Hey, Jim. Hey, Tracy. Hey, listen, I'm so glad you allowed me a chance to just have a session to talk because I got a lot of talking I feel like I need to do. Right? You've got all these ideas bubbling around well, your head, like those like those five Ps. <laughs> I know. And you know, I don't know if it's been published yet. They haven't gotten back to me. Cross, I hope so. I have my fingers and toes cross crossed. Cross your fingers. And you know what? I've been thinking, that's another conversation, but I think that maybe should be a book. Yes. Maybe. Right? Anyways, the five okay, Ps. That's there a, you go. That's another conversation. <laughs> but today, I want to talk a little bit about distance learning. And I know everybody's been like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. We've already been hearing about distance learning. But I've been able to sit in on some sessions that talk about the power of distance learning. And, and I feel like I need someone to talk to about the work and what's taking place. So I think it's also a good fit because you're kind of like a frontline example right now. So am I right? You yeah. had to go to home learning. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, um, here in Utah, we are one of those states that is just, you know, blossoming in the wrong direction. And uh, the county where I'm in, uh, we had an upsurge. And so it uh, was recommended that we take a couple weeks off to sort of regroup. And so we are um, learning from home. So is this just your school or are there other schools too? Or how? So there are three schools in our district. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, it's a small district, rural district. And, um, yeah, so we, we are one of three schools that is doing our uh, virtual learning again. Um and uh, this is actually the first time. So in my role, I'm the principal and I'm also a teacher. So yeah. I everybody teaches, uh, all the administrators teach, even the superintendent teaches. It's That's pretty cool. impressive, yeah. So, um, so this is the first time I've actually had to do virtual teaching. And let me tell you, it is, it's hard. <laughs> you know, because you, you rely on so much of that face to face right um and you know i can walk around the classroom and i can you know tap somebody's paper when right. i'm in front of them and remind them to get busy or see what they're doing over their shoulder and help them re yeah direct um but in this case i don't have any of those tools available to me because we're yeah. just over the computer and so sometimes I've struggled just to see everybody and keep everybody in view. And um, uh, we've been learning about percents uh, in math, which is one of the subjects I teach. And, you know, I just get these blank stares. Yeah. <laughs> they seem blank <laughs> to me because, you know, um, it's over a computer screen. Right. And, and they don't, sometimes they don't respond. And I'm like, hello, hello, Bueller, Bueller, you know, right. that movie. And so it's, it's just really, I have found it very, very difficult. So I'm hoping that this next week is going to be our last in uh, virtual learning and that we'll be able to return to normal. Um, normal being, you know, with masks and socially distanced and school's different now, but at least in person. Um, but yeah, who knows? I mean, this could be, you know, on and off all throughout the school year. Yeah. In and out and and So let me just make sure I understand though. You guys were in the building completely until right. recently and that's because you had more COVID cases and so you guys were told take a couple weeks break to see if they could interrupt the 
transmission or something. Right. right. So in the county, there was a, an uptick in cases. And so we uh, were recommended by the county health department to uh, to go online for a couple of weeks to see if the they could get the cases under control. Okay. So you, as principal of your school, and you, as also teacher, got the joy of making an immediate switch from this online. How much time did they give you? Um, so, well, it was like the day before Sunday to Monday. Okay. (laughs) Kind of a quick turn. Well, and we took Monday off to really just kind of orient ourselves and and get ready for kids to come pick up their things on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh no, that was wrong. I said that wrong, but we took Monday off without kids so that we could get things ready. Kids came and got their stuff on Monday and then we started on Tuesday. Sorry. So Yeah. So then, um, if you don't mind, you just said it was rough, and uh, if you're willing to be kind of vulnerable, maybe just tell what were some of the immediate ahas that you had, and let me preface it with this question too, or this statement. I was talking to another teacher friend of mine, and we were I was confessing to her that we as principals are really struggling because we have been coaching our teachers based on our own experience and our own training. And we actually are falling behind the rest of the world. We're falling behind teachers because they've been actually on the front lines doing the distance learning. And we're sort of lurking and trying to learn from it, but we can't rely on our own experience like we have in the past. So in many ways, we as leaders are poorly prepared for this model. Um, One of the reasons I signed up for some courses, and I'll bring that up in in a bit, but you are lucky in that you are both a leader and an educator. So if you put your educator hat on, what were some of the immediate like, oh, wow, this is so different? What What do you remember? Mm. Um, well, uh, I mean, I'm not much of a lecturer, you know, in class. Usually I try to um, give some real hands-on experiences and um, especially with mass uh, drawing models and, you know, using manipulatives where necessary, even with sixth graders. And um, in this particular case, I just didn't feel like I had those tools available to me. I mean, um, yes, and there are ways to draw models on the computer. Um, and there are, uh, you know, virtual manipulatives that can be used. And it's just, I found it really, really hard to navigate the technology to like, okay, I'm looking at all my kids and now I'm showing you my screen so that you can see me model something. And, uh, now I need to see you show me your work. And, you know, I mean, just balancing all of that, I have one screen that I'm looking on. And so trying to keep track of all that was just a really difficult balancing act. And so I just found myself doing way too much talking and really struggling um, to get my kids to talk at all. Yeah. You know, even, I'm, you know, what questions do you have? Turn and tell your, you know, you can't tell, turn and tell your neighbor because, no. you know, I love that. That's my big go-to is, you know, right. partner talk. Right. Um, but you can't do that. And so you could do breakout rooms, but again, that's one more thing to have to manage. Yeah. Um, and so I spend a lot of time like, hold on just a minute. Okay, wait, everybody. I'm going to I'm gonna try to share my screen here. Okay, wait, wait. You know, and it's yeah. just like the pace of the lesson is just yeah. totally off because you're just trying to like con- 
handle all these tools. Right. I'm so glad you said that, though, too, because it reminds me I did hear one presenter talk about two things. One, we're all new. This is all our first year again. (laughs) Right. Right? Everybody, Uh this is our first year teaching, unless you happen to have been one of those like virtual schools and you've been doing it for five years. Everybody else, this is our first year teaching, just like no matter how many years we have in the saddle, it's all brand new. But the second thing I remembered uh, this presenter saying is teaching virtually is like teaching underwater while you're scuba diving. (laughs) <laughs> right. That's, that's right. Great. That's great. I'd never thought about that, but that's so, totally true. It's so true because you're looking through your little screen, your little mask, and every motion seems to take longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to keep breathing kind of through that process as you're trying to get your you know, hands to move quickly and your mind to keep, you know, looking. But it's just such a foreign environment. Everything takes twice as long because you're underwater. And it reminds me, I took a scuba diving class and when we did our certification, we did it around Halloween and they had this place where they were scuba diving and people were carving pumpkins underwater. And I remember everything was so much harder underwater. Yeah. So we have to kind of give ourselves um, credit for jumping in and uh, doing the work. And I'm so glad, though, that you're willing to share some of your thoughts and reactions because um, I wanted to share about what Utah has been doing as a whole state. They have something called Utah Reimagined. And um, they have, I don't even know, I think some of the money might be coming from the CARES Act, but uh, basically they are creating a three-month conference set up that started the second week of September, and it goes in through uh, December. And then if people sign up for these sessions, which happen after school, um, if they attend at least four hours of the session, then they get a gift card uh, for Amazon, which is actually kind of a nice thing. But what I'm most impressed about is the high quality of presenters that I have been able to learn from. And in fact, I have I have a new girl crush because uh, this Kristen Zimke, I think is how you say her name, uh, Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, Zimke, Z-I-E-M-K-E. And she works with another person as well who was not on the call. But Kristen Zimke, who presented about strategies to use your technology immediately. And what was so cool was everything she talked about to me was a, a perfect partnership of good strategies and technology that would allow you know you to continue on. So I think Jim, we have to track her down and ask her to be a guest on one of our future calls, if that's yeah, okay. I would love that. One of my, I mean, that's really interesting to hear uh, that these are just good practices that you could translate to technology or to live instruction. Yeah, and I guess that's one of my skepticisms of some of the opportunistic uh, professional learning. Uh, yeah, things that are out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a ton of books that have been published, and a ton of um, right. We've got the answer for your distance learning needs. <laughs> 
Right. Well, and even some really respected scholars out there sure. have now you just kind of put out these distance learning resources. And my reaction to that is, oh, I mean, do I really want to invest in learning? You even talked about you don't know this platform if, unless you've done it. And do we really want to invest in learning that much about this approach when really the hope is that it's going to be temporary, right? We don't know how temporary it's going to be, but the hope is that we're not doing this for the right. next 10 years or 20 right. years. Right. Um, but maybe the, what you said about, you know, we can learn some strategies that help our kids be more savvy with technology. Um more and to use it in really smart, innovative ways um, that we can then bring back into the classroom when things yeah. do eventually return to normal. Yeah. What so, are your thoughts? Well, yes, and I I think that you're right that there's a lot of opportunistic sort of uh, immediate you know kind of slingshot response from from vendors across the nation, and um, I've been weary. And I haven't even been that invested in looking at these vendor products. So I was really relieved and I was so grateful that every session I've attended in this like three-month conference model has been the highest quality people. And in Kristen's case, uh, and her partner, uh, her co-author in her books is called, her name is Katie... Muteris, I think is how you would say it. Anyways, we'll put the link to their website um, next to our uh, next to our podcast here. Um, it was just a thirty or forty-five minute session, really, and I walked away with so many ways to help my colleagues, help my teachers that I'm working with. Um, just build some really good skills because we're all scratching our head wondering, is that the best way? Should I do it like that? Really wonder if I should do this. What's the best way for me to, and she has some of the answers. And, and if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why she got into this focus of using the technology in the first place is that she was teaching first grade and somehow she ended up in a classroom with more than 30 students. Wow. And no assistant. <laughs> and she was scrambling, she said. So she decided to start investing in mod, well, like creating video lessons. And she made these little baby video lessons that became like a center. And so then she would rotate her her class through these little centers that had her video lesson on it so that she could then focus on a different group while those kids were doing her video lesson. Now, she happened to already jump in that before, you know, we had this distance learning model, but I think it has given her so much uh, more understanding and a bigger head start on how do we use this, like, video technology, interactive video technology, because she figured out by trial and error you know, here's the best way to try to keep kids, first graders even, you know, really mindful and engaged in the lesson. And some of our listeners might be like, oh, well, that doesn't matter to me because I teach middle school. Well, I worked in middle school and I think the attention span of many of my middle school friends 
was about a six-year-old because they lost some capacity as they turned into like adolescents <laughs> affected by hormone. So there's a lot of similarities no matter what grade or age you're working with when we're talking about good models for video instruction. Well, and I also think the attention span on screen yeah. um, is going to be different than yeah. attention span in person, right? Because... Um, well, I don't know. I don't know how to justify that. It just seems like that would be the case. Yeah. Um, you talked about it being underwater, you know, kind yeah. of like operating underwater or doing something underwater. So um, it seems like probably the kids might be in some of the same boat. You know, it's yeah. just a little bit more challenging. And so perhaps cutting down the amount of time that they have to focus yeah. Yeah. is a good idea. So I'm going to share some of my ahas, which okay. were a lot in um, Great. Kristen's presentation. And I want to be really upfront. This is all Kristen's work. And I am just parroting it back to you because, again, she's my new education crush. <laughs> and uh, I think so highly of the work that she presented. Um, but then we have to try and get her back uh, for sure. So I've heard a little bit of this, but she brought up from Dr. Lodge McCammon, about mini lessons and how long people kids can actually focus. So without the screen, just lessons itself, she says, you know, elementary, the most a lesson should be is about 23 minutes. And for secondary, maybe 37, 38 minutes. Now that's not on a camera. She says when you move to that video lesson and trying to keep kids engaged, the average mini lesson should be about five minutes, five and a half minutes. And secondary, really 10 and a half, maybe 11 minutes. And then you have to kind of have breaks and a reset and a, and a continuation, and then you move on to the next objective. So that in itself, I think, is really important. So as I'm coaching teachers, I'm wanting them to look at their time with their kids in five-minute chunks because you have to break it up. And in fact, she, go ahead. Did you have a question? Well, yeah, I mean, you could tell because I moved my mouth. <laughs> I think I made a noise. Yeah. So my question would be, you know, what do teachers do the rest of the time? So like, you know, I think teachers maybe are wondering, well, if I'm teaching this five minute lesson mm -hmm. and I'm keeping them on screen for maybe 30 minutes, yeah. what am I doing for the rest of my day? Well, you just keep rotating those video lessons and and moving them through, right? So you have one video lesson, then another video lesson. Then I mean, it's like one five minutes, then another five minutes, and then another five minutes, and you keep following that same cycle. And in fact, she was very, very clear that one thing she believes is so impactful is that she follows the same sequence for every mini lesson so that... She says, it has freed up my kid's brain to absorb more content because they don't have to worry anymore about what's coming next because they know it's always this, then this, then this, then this, then this, then we do it again. And then they can just follow right along because they have become so familiar with that routine that they're able to follow really easily and they're almost prepared for the next stage because she has kept that consistent. So that to me is also really good advice. She's, she didn't really say it, it needs to be her sequence, but she did share what her sequence was in her five minutes for elementary, right? Five and a half minutes. So first section, greet, 
you know, connect with them on a personal level, welcome them. And then just reminders, maybe a little community building, teach, name what you're going to teach about and why. So this is like the objective. What are we going to be able to do? Very small chunk. Then show. She quickly shows a model of what they're going to do. She says, watch me before you try. And then she might have an anchor chart or an image. Then she says, now you go try. And then she talks about how press pause while you go work or remember to reread the video or look at that paper that was sent or turn to this page in the book you have if they have text to go with it. Uh, she says also that she embeds kind of seesaw and other techniques in there to you know, be able to have them go back and forth with video. And then once they're done, she will ask them to show on the screen or they submit on the seesaw or they tape a video of themselves doing it. And then she kind of wraps up her fifth section is keep thinking. So she's like, okay, thanks a lot. Good work. How did it go? Turn and talk to someone in your family or reflect on your own. And then she'll kind of wrap up and then she's has maybe a little physical break where she'll have kids stand up or she'll have them, you know, use their fingers or their, you know, for their adding and, and multiplying, or she'll end up doing some kind of jumping jack thing and just getting their brain flowing. Then she starts that cycle again. With a different, total, totally different objective. Well, it might, it could be still within language arts. Or it could be within the same content, but basically it's a new objective. Okay. So that the kids at the end of the next five minutes are going to have a new skill. Or that they've reviewed a skill that maybe they did a couple days ago that she's wanting to continue to repeat. Okay. But So how is she checking for understanding? Well, she actually had some really interesting things there too because I asked for more information. And a couple things she said, for instance, like she has, uh, I don't know if she saw this or if this is her strategy, but she... Uh, said it's great if you can get a whiteboard for every kid with a marker because then they can just show their answer and then erase it and show their answer again and that might be a check for understanding and she can do a quick scan of the screens. She also says that she has tried to make sure that kids have been taught explicitly how to use the tech before she even begins any of the content instruction and that might take a couple of days, right, of making sure kids know how to show the screen or, or you know, open up Seesaw or, you know, lift up and where the camera is, et cetera. And then she talked also about just building routines on how kids will track their learning. So she has taught them specifically, um, she, she calls it a two or three column think sheet. And she has taught her kids on this page to either draw a line down the middle or draw two lines. And then she tells them what the headings are. And it might be things like, I wonder, or I learned, or my thinking, or where can I go for more information, or uh, wow, um, just new learning, or questions, right? So she has different headings on there. And as they go through, she asks kids to write on that paper, which is just a normal paper with a line down the middle or two lines, and then kids know that that is how they are going to be part of their um, assessment, right? How they're checked for understanding. Because they can lift that paper or mostly she says she's gotten to a place where kids take a snapshot and then they just upload it in the chat or they email it to her. And then she's got their think sheet for that little lesson. And these are the first graders? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so she's got 30 still? 
I don't think she has 30. I think oh. that's why she started doing video lessons in the beginning. Oh, but I, I don't see. think that she's got... So that was maybe a, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. kind of what jumped her into the... Well, it seems like we have a lot of questions to ask her. We need to get her I on know. here. I hope it's okay that we're talking all about her and she's not here. We're not trying to talk about you behind your back, Kristen. I promise. We just think you're really, really good at what you're doing. So it was kind of nice, though, because, you know, she even has, like, big white, you know, that big chart paper that's sticky you can stick on the wall. And she's using that to write out, like, her anchor charts, and then she just puts it behind her, and she lets kids see that, and she uses that as reference. And I love it because it's kind of old school, but kids have some familiarity with it, and you don't have to have fancy, like, screen you know, designs necessarily, you can just point over your shoulder and have that kind of anchor chart right there. Um, and then kids can even kind of mimic that on the work that they're doing. It, it's just, it's kind of cool. So she's got, uh, she's got a web page out there. Like I said, we're going to link to, and I wanted to point out, there was a couple of other pieces of advice. If you don't mind, I keep talking about my crush. <laughs> Okay, so when she talks about engaging students, right, you know, she's talking about looking at the brain and how, you know, short phases, switching it up, varying your activities is so important. And she says she's, you know, intentionally gives them screen breaks, trying paper and pencil as much as she can and intentionally giving them breaks during the lesson so it's not just that passive receive. And like stop and write your thinking or hold it up for me to see. And then she also says she tries really hard to have physical activities during the lesson. So put your hands on your head if you think. Write, your, write with me in the air. Let's have a stretch and think time or stretch and stand while you're in your break ro breakout rooms. And so she's physically giving kids or giving kids actions to be physically moving while they're in that process. It sounds like she's taken just a lot of really good pedagogy yeah. and applied it to the virtual setting. Yeah. You know, even the design of her lesson, that yeah. explicit instruction framework is, is yeah. just you know, what we would expect to see in a regular classroom. Yeah, and if you're thinking about even like total physical response, right? If yeah. you're trying to get kids to know vocabulary, if you're trying to get kids to remember content, having them build a physical action, we know like connects more neurons and builds long-lasting, you know, memory and, and connection to more, you know, the information, the context that they already have. So anyways, Kristen Zimke and Katie Materis, I, I think that their books, they've got a couple of books out there. One's called um, Read the World and another one called Amplify. Uh, one thing about Read the World is really looking at literacy for empathy and action in a digital age. And we know that that social skills and that connection and community is really important. Anyways, okay, enough. I don't, I can, we'll, we'll ask her to speak for herself when we have her come back. <laughs> well, no, but this was really helpful because um, I think a lot of people are struggling through Either they are completely virtual for the, you know, unforeseen future, or they are uh, back and forth, you know, some or some kids are virtual, some kids are live. And so I think everybody is sort of worried about yeah. how best to yeah. manage that. And uh, so this is this has been helpful for me because it's helped me rethink maybe how I've done things the last week. I still got one more week, hopefully <laughs> just one more week. <laughs> but... Um, yeah. How do they let you know you're done being distance learning? Um, well, hopefully, if things kind of calm down, then we'll just... Are numbers going down, Jim? 
Um, I I think I don't know. I don't know. I think they're stabilizing, so hopefully we'll be able to go back when we said we were going to go back. But yeah, I hope so too for your sake. Thanks. It's just not the same, is it? We we love our students. We love being with them. We love being face to face. Um, there's so many new things that are coming at us uh, that I'm just glad for people like Kristen Zimke and her and her buddy Katie and how they've been giving us some direction. Um, we we forgot, by the way, to say at the beginning that we're with Little Things First podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hopefully, people figured that out. This you gave a lot of little things that we can try for sure, and I really appreciate yeah. that because I'm going to try to take those little things into my lessons this week. Very so. good, and we'll put a link there too, and we'll reach out and see if Kristen will join us. So uh, maybe we could have a way for people to come in and uh, and learn more from her. So sounds great. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye.